Hi, this is Charlie Peck from the Thriving School community, and I am so happy to be here today with Morgan Michael. Morgan, thank you so much for being here. First of all, welcome. Charlie, thank you so much for having me. It was a delight having you on my show, and I'm so happy to be here on yours. Well, I am excited too because we're talking today about burnout and and things that are going on with teachers. I know you have a great approach to helping people who are working in schools who are feeling the burnout. You've got a great book called From Burnout to Fired Up. And oh my goodness gracious, do we need that? So it's all about reigniting the passion for teaching. Can you tell people why you wrote this book in the first place? Absolutely. Okay. Ironically, I signed the contract for this book on March 13th of 2020, the eve before the world shut down. We didn't even know how burnt out we were going to be. No. (laughs) And there was a need. Yeah. There was a need at that time, right? Teachers were feeling pretty tired. And I think the pandemic really uh, added fuel to that fire. And so, yeah, teachers are feeling tired. And I think that there's this ongoing, I call it the merge lane, this idea that we have sort of come out of the the crux of that pandemic and all of the stress that's come with it and some of that trauma for some people, but uh, we're still readjusting to what normal looks like. And I think it's really important for us to acknowledge that and then to give ourselves that time and space to sort of sort through some of the big feelings that we might have, that the people that we serve have, you know, our parents, our students, all of that stuff, because it really impacts our school culture, and then our overall feeling of wellness, right? And so I do talk about this five pillar approach. And and that is an important piece, because people just want to know, well, what do I do? So let's dive right into it. What is your five pillar approach to address this big issue right now? Great. I talk about this with a lot of teachers and administrators and paraprofessionals when I go in for professional development. And so I talk about these five things that really aren't rocket science. It's stuff that we already know. uh, And it's connected to how do we help ourselves to reconnect to ourselves, and then also to feel sort of centered and grounded. So the first one is about reflecting. So where are we coming from? Where are we at? And some mindful sort of practices that are easy. We don't have to sit on a yoga mat for 20 minutes to feel centered and to give ourselves that opportunity for mindfulness. The second one is about reframing. So now that we know where we've come from, we want to sort of unpack some of our unhelpful or maladaptive narratives about our current situation. And it's really about resiliency. So when we can unpack those things and kind of choose what our story is around our experience, and some of it is outside of our control, but some of it is within our control, then that can help us to be a little bit more resilient in the face of adversity. And then the the third one is about refocusing. So we know where we've come from. We've sort of taken things in stock and we've, we've created a story that works for us. And then we want to look forward to a compelling future. So refocusing is about goal setting. We want to help ourselves, help our brain to understand that there's something exciting coming because when we feel excited about the future, it's really hard to feel burnt out. You know, we're not stuck in a cycle of a difficult emotions, but we can get a little bit excited about the future. And then four is about our social connections. Uh, someone once said that one of the number one determinants of our overall longevity in our life, so like the, the time that we're here on earth, is connected to the people that we connect with. So those five people around you, you want to make sure those are quality people who lift you up when you're down and who pull you up to be the best person, pers- version of yourself. 
And so those social connections are really important. That's the fourth pillar. And then we've got, and this is kind of a different, a different approach to wellness or, or to that fighting burnout burnout. It's about creativity and it's about understanding that creativity goes beyond, you know, capital A-R-T. It's about the way that we interact with people. It's about the way that we make dinner for our families. It's the way that we engage our students every morning. Um, All of these things are kind of the truest measure of who we are as human beings. And when we can step into that self-expression, that is a beautiful place to be. So, So essentially, those are the five pillars. Sorry, those are so important. We have work <laughs> going on next door at our pool and it's it creates noise. Of um, course. Yeah. Okay. So those are really essential pieces. So what do you do to deliver this when you're working with people in PD? What do you actually do to help them connect to it? Yeah. So I think when it comes to, you know, we understand the theory and I always say to teachers, nothing irks me more than PD that that leaves you without something tangible, right? So a few key tips. So let's go through the one for um, reflecting. So oftentimes I will invite teachers to pop right into their phone an opportunity to reflect on three really important questions. So they, I invite them to put it in their phone as a reminder, just so that it's there every single day. They don't really have to think about it actively. And first thing in the morning, sometime midday, either after school or lunchtime, and then at the very, very end of the day, just before bed. And you're going to ask yourself these three questions. Number one, how am I feeling? Sometimes naming those feelings can be challenging, but slowing down and acknowledging the feelings is really important. All of the nuanced feelings. Sometimes they're very tricky to put your finger on, but you know, once you get comfortable, it's a practice, you get better at it. The second question is, where do I feel it in my body? Quite often, we will disconnect completely from our bodies, uh, especially in the school day. So I often ask educators, how often do you have to choose between a water break, a bathroom break, um, or a restroom break, as you say in the US? <laughs> um or photocopying, you know, you have to make these quick decisions and, and that can be really taxing. So taking the time to ask yourself, what am I feeling? Where do I feel it in my body? And then finally, what do I need? Because we have a number of needs that connect to, you know, our need for significance and our need for certainty and our need for variety and fun. And we need, you know, deep belonging and we need all of these things. We need growth and contribution. All of these things are some of the deep emotional needs that we have. And when we can pinpoint what our need is, it's much easier to sort of meet those needs, right? But if we're not even aware, then we can't meet our needs. So that's one of the ones around reflecting. I love that. And it's so important. It's It goes back into just the beginning of time while we became critical thinkers of you can't change anything unless you have the awareness. So it's great yes. that you provide those practical skills and tools for them to actually understand what that is and why they're going to do that and how to do it. So sure. what what is kind of the next step? Once you actually give people some of these tools, what is it that you hope that they'll do with it so that they don't become overwhelmed in their day? Yeah. Well, actually, one of the tools that I invite educators to to look at, and this is for the second pillar, I talk about sort of um, a stressor inventory. And so I think it's so important that when we're doing this kind of professional development or we're doing this self-leadership work, right, that we're taking action immediately because it's fine to understand it intellectually. It is a whole other thing. And you see 
really significant changes if you can make little promises to yourself and then follow through. So for example, I will invite teachers to think of all of the different stressors that exist, you know, the physical stressors, things as simple as light or noise or clutter or cognitive stressors, you know, a big to-do list. And I'll, I'll invite them to take a look and say, hmm, what is one little stressor that I can identify in my life that I can also change and delete? So for example, if lights are too bright, you know, you've got those big fluorescent lights in your classroom, you might want to uh, give yourself the opportunity to turn the lights off in the afternoon in your classroom or even in your home and just let that natural light filter through the windows. Things as simple as this can be real game changers day to day and they compound over time. I'm a huge fan too, and this is really important, I think part of that reframing process, but taking really good care of your body and your overall sort of physical health. So drinking the water, um, going for a walk. And I think sometimes we get overwhelmed because we see examples, you know, on Instagram or social media, and, and we think we need to go all out. I think a simple walk and upping your step count and just being a little bit more mindful of what goes into your body, uh, more greens, and a little more protein and lots of water, lots of sleep. Those simple things can really shift your overall mindset and physiology too. So that will go hand in hand with a lot of the strategies that I'm teaching. I hope that answered your question. Absolutely. And I think, again, mm-hmm. as, as long as people can get something tangible to work with, they absolutely will benefit, which is great. So tell yeah. me where all of this came from. Like what, how come you're doing this? Where did this come from? Because you're very... You, yeah. Do you feel really, you seem like you're just so connected to what the educator experience is and sound like you really want to support them. So where did all yeah, that well, Absolutely. So I've been a teacher in the classroom full-time for 16 years. So I mostly primary, so K to two. And right now I'm in a kindergarten class full-time and I love having my foot in the door because I think that that gives me credibility with my colleagues when I come in for Pro-D. I'm coming in alongside going, I get it. We have so many challenges and decisions that we have to make every single day, you know, and uh, I think also as a busy mom, I've got two children and they keep me on my toes. And I think that that also, uh, the balance of all of that has been definitely eye-opening. And while I don't think I've really hit a rock bottom point. I've certainly, I've certainly experienced some of my best friends uh, find that point, you know, where they are just, they're, they're sort of on the precipice of looking for other kind of work or feeling like they're just drowning day to day and, and that sort of level of overwhelm. And so I see that and I've experienced little, little bits of that. Right. And I think that it is so important to, to give yourself that opportunity to take stock and to press the pause button and go, okay, let me take some things out so that I can, you know, delete to amplify. (laughs) How can I take some things out to make my life feel more, more full, like I'm living it for me, I often take my, um, my participants through the five regrets of the dying. And I I don't know if I could list them all off, but it sounds a bit morbid. Part (laughs) of that is about, is about sort of connecting to, you know, what's important what's important in life, you know, and a lot of that comes down to, am I living life for me? Am I connected and expressing my emotions 
in, in an authentic way? Am I connected to the goals and exciting aspirations that I have for my life? All of these things, which may not directly connect to teaching itself, but trickle into that practice. And so I think my passion also comes from that positive experience. When I see educators light up and they go, oh my gosh, like my life is mine to reclaim. <laughs> and sometimes you live it for other people. You live it for your children and it's good. We all love our children, right? We love our children in our classroom and we love our own personal children. And we also need to take that time and give ourselves the permission to live big and to do things for us. You know, I think taking care of ourselves is such a key part of being able to push all that positivity forward. If I didn't have that time for myself or that, you know, and it doesn't have to be a lot, but if I didn't allocate that um, attention for myself as well, I think I'd feel a bit resentful or I'd feel a bit um, yeah, maybe burnt out. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you, you're hearing it all the time too. And so are we. So I'm wondering, Morgan, when people say that I don't have time to take care of me, mm -hmm. what do you say to that? Well, first of all, I say, I feel you. And I think deep compassion and coming alongside. I get it. Like these days are full. And when we don't even have a chance to really take care of our basic needs when we're working, and then we come home and we're, we're sort of, you know, there's an onslaught of requests and demands. It's a lot. And so I think we have to remind ourselves that small changes can make a tremendous impact. And that even the three minute check-in, how am I feeling? Where do I feel it in my body? And what do I need? You do that three times a day. It honestly takes three minutes. Start there. Drink a glass of water before you start your day. You know, do that first. Um, you don't have to go and do a big workout at the gym. You could be maybe if you have a smartwatch or if you don't, you know, but you could be choosing to take the stairs instead of the elevator. You could be choosing to go outside for a brisk walk for about 10 minutes at lunchtime or right after school. Just small little changes make a tremendous impact. And I would say when it comes to goal setting, because sometimes that feels big and I have a whole big section in my book on many different strategies, templates for big goal setting. I would say the simplest thing that you can do for yourself is just to write down one or two simple goals. When you envision where you see yourself in a year, what are one or two things that you hope to accomplish? And if you have the time, you can write it down as though it's finished. And it is incredible what your subconscious mind will do to put that plan in action. I shouldn't have written a book, but I did. And I'm on to my second book. My second book mm -hmm. about belonging is, is in the peer review process. And the reason I say that is because I was on maternity leave when I wrote that goal down and I was sort of taking stock of life and I didn't, re I didn't have a podcast. I didn't have, you know, I had a journal and a, the beginnings of a blog, but I put that goal down on paper and, you know, five years later it came to fruition and it was the process, I think, of actually being clear on what I wanted and writing it down that pushed me in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big deal. When you, when you have the clarity, then it's so attainable, mm -hmm. but if you don't know, you're yes. constantly going down this path and then having to pivot, you're like, what do I do? Where do I go? I love that. And it becomes measurable, doesn't it? 
Love that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you say so you have a lot of strategies in that book and I, I can't wait to get it. I haven't gotten it yet. And um, the goal setting is huge. The goal setting is huge mm-hmm. because that does let us lean into our own lives. When we have these schools and districts setting initiatives and goals all the time that we follow or try yes. to follow, but like, where's ours? So what is another strategy that you give to, to make sure people do have that clarity to reach their goal? Yeah, this is so important. And I don't think that I really realized how important this piece was. Before we even really get to goals, what's really important is to get clear on your values. So there are a number of different exercises and you can look them up online. I have one in my book. It's really quite simple. Um, But basically you go through a list of values and you start by circling. What are maybe 10 that resonate with me? So maybe trustworthiness, maybe hardworking uh, or hard work, um, maybe connection, you know, these things. And you kind of drill it down to about 10. And then from there, you drill it down further and you put it into categories. So you start to see that, like for me, for example, my two big values are connection and growth. And it's sort of, you know, you can kind of um, delineate things until it kind of fits into these two buckets. If you can get it down to two, it's really clean. Because what your values will help you to do is to make decisions in a very effective way. So whenever I make a decision now, whether it's related to my parenting, uh, the classroom, does it have some link to connection or growth? And if the answer is yes, then it's a yes. And if it's a no, that helps me to clarify and be very, very clear on what my um, goals are and my decisions. So sometimes we say yes to too many things, you know, and so what Mm -hmm. values help you to do is sort of get clear on what's important to me and then get very, very specific. Because sometimes when we say yes to too many things, we spread ourselves thin like butter on toast, right? And then there's just not enough of us to go around and you feel fractured. And so you can't really do the things that you want to do. You have to be a little bit more clear and a little bit more simplified in order to amplify. That's really, really important. And, um, Like I said, I think the writing down of the goals is very important, making it very uh, clear, you know, so if you're going, I want to get in shape by 2024, often I use fitness goals just because they're so tangible. Um, It's not specific enough. So you have to create a bit of a roadmap. How am I going to get there? Who are my allies who are going to help me to get there? What are some of the challenges? Let's get real about some of the challenges in the way of some of these goals. So if I want to create a new lesson um, or unit plan, maybe for my classroom, I need to get really clear about some of my time challenges, um, maybe even the opportunity for research or development of that program, you know, I need to be very, very clear on the things that will help me and the things that will, you know, sort of inhibit that goal from being achieved. And then you can create a plan to overcome the challenges, right? Um, If you're planning to run, the weather might get in the way. Maybe it'll be rainy in the winter. So you want to you want to be able to envision all of it. And that will help you to visualize a compelling future for yourself. That is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so personal to people. People get that. And people yeah. love having the yeah. space to do that. So that is awesome that you say yeah. that. Yeah. And, and what about um, the social connection piece? So this is so mm-hmm. big. How do you find those people? I call them the dream team. Like, how do you find the right people? Yeah, so I, I'm a fan of, you know, t- two two aspects. So one, I think 
naturally you tend to gravitate toward people who have similar values to you, who maybe are interested in sim- have similar interests, you know, at school, um, you know, outside of that, I think one of the biggest things that we can do for ourselves is to maybe pick up a hobby or two. I just, you know, two years ago, I started um, soccer again, you know, I'd played when I was a kid and then it had been a while and I was rusty and it was one of these things where you challenge yourself to do something new. Right. Um, but what it did also was give me this amazing, um, access to a community of really supportive women. Um, not all teachers, right. But I think sometimes digging into your hobbies and your interests can lead you to a really strong, robust social network, which is amazing. So say yes to new opportunities, right? Say yes to novelty, uh, because it'll it'll lead you to that social group, and especially your people, right, um, that help you to feel authentic. And then I think the second piece is also leaning into social media. I think there are some instances where social media can be very, very positive. Obviously, we know, I mean, we know that it can be really damaging too, but I have found a lot of community in that realm, especially in education. There are some teachers doing amazing things and administrators and being able to connect and make that world. I mean, like, look at, we get to connect and yeah. largely because because of the social media, Charlie. And it is so amazing that we get to make our world smaller that way and to find people who who align, you know, with your view and, and just want to do good in the world. And so reminding yourself that those people are there, especially, you know, I've been in schools where I've been approached and, and sort of had conversations with people who say, Oh, I'm having a really hard time connecting or I don't align with several staff members. And that's really hard. And I, I say, yeah, it is hard. And sometimes we can't choose them. They're sort of like family in a way you don't get to choose your colleagues always. Right. And so right. you kind of have to to create that um, network yourself that fills you up. Not everything will come from your school environment necessarily. So you do need to go and seek that out, right? Um, a nice little activity that you can do that combines gratitude and and a sort of friendship collegial relationship is called the seven day text challenge, which is a fun little strategy that I like to uh, invite educators to do. So how it how it goes is basically you invite a colleague or you invite a, a friend of yours. And often this is great when you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so out of touch with this person, but I don't have the time to sit down and have, you know, a two hour dinner or sit on the phone for an hour and catch up, you know, but you can basically make a deal with each other that for seven days, you are going to look for the good around you. Um, so all those great things that we see in the classroom and in our lives and the small things and the big things, and you're going to identify one, and then you're simply going to send them a text that says, today, I'm super grateful for X, Y, and Z, or today I noticed this happened. Um, and then they'll do the same and that's it. And that's your interaction. And what it does is it helps you to sort of highlight those good things that are happening in your life, right? Which is always good. That gratitude definitely fills us up. But it also helps you to connect with someone else. And so there's that nice social connection too with that. Wow. Yeah, that is so important. And thank you for all those details. My goodness. And you're working on another book. <laughs> and I yes. can't I can't wait to hear about that. So you got to tell us about that and your podcast because your podcast is amazing. People need to thank know you. about that. First of all, where can they go listen to you? And what's the name of it? Tell everybody. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yes, it's called Kind Sight 101. And it's available on basically any podcast platform. So Apple, iTunes, Spotify, um, all the all the things and you can just search it up. And I've had over 200 interviews. I've been lucky enough to interview you, a number of other people, uh, just sort of in the 
healthcare, psychology fields, um, you know, Seth Godin. Um, I've had just a ton of wonderful people. Uh, and I, I just feel so blessed to be able to talk to them about education, but also just about life, creativity, um, all sorts of things. And it just fills me up every time I get to have these conversations. And then, yeah, my book, I'm so excited about this one too. So From Burnt Out to Fired Up came out, um, you know, around 2021. And then, and then now I'm, I'm, I finished my book and it's just in the peer review. So we'll see how it comes out. Um, and I think, I think it's going to go forward just fine, which is great. And it's called the belonging blueprint. So this is actually an actionable resource for educators and administrators to use in the classroom. And there will be a whack of, you know, just the science and the theory coupled with um, tangible sort of approaches to building community in your school. And much like the work that you're doing, I think that we need to be focused on that idea of, you know, the morale and our culture and how we feel in the building, because I think we are all responsible for that, whether we're teachers or administrators. And there are some specific administrator tidbits, you know, uh, connected to, equity and inclusion and bias and also just self-leadership too. Um, so that's a really important piece as well. So I'm excited for that book to come out as well. I am so excited, honestly. And and when you give them a blueprint, something to work with, that is, ex- and they're going to eat that mm-hmm. up. So that's exciting. Well, good. I'll put the links to everything there so that everyone understands how to get there. Um, but that is exciting. Right. right now, they can still purchase your your book right now with all those pillars Absolutely. and all the details, right? Yes. Tell everyone how to get that. Yes. So you can you can find it on Amazon. It's from burnt out to fired up. And then you can also go to Solution Tree directly. And you can also book me for if you're interested in pub- in any kind of professional development with me, you can go to Solution Tree. And uh, they will they will set you up so you can talk to the uh, the people there and they they'll set you up. There's also group discounts for the books if you want to do it for, you know, sort of like an after school book club or something like that, too. We've done lots of that, which is fun. And I would be happy to pop in and do a Zoom with you if you're doing that. That's Mm -hmm. perfect because they really do appreciate Mm -hmm. that. And then you can get that discussion going amongst them. So people take her up on that. Oh my goodness. Okay. (laughs) Is there anything Morgan that we've missed that you really need to say that we just haven't been able to say yet? You know, I think just this one piece, I think whether you are a parent, an educator, or you're juggling both hats, I think you need to understand that you are just doing an incredible job And sometimes we forget to see how far we've come and we are so, you know, deep in the weeds that we, we forget to acknowledge just how much we're doing and the good that we're doing. And so I want you to really acknowledge that you are doing absolutely beautiful work and important work and you are making a difference. And although you may not see that right now, you're planting the seed and down the line, You'll have students or your children will say, you know, I really appreciated all that you did. One little thing, I had a student who was very close to my heart. I ended up keeping him for two years just because, Mm -hmm. oh, his life was a disaster mess. And he just needed that safe space. And he came back. He had moved away. He came back and it was the end. It was about 530 on a Friday night. And I was still at the school because it was late. Don't do that, by the way. Don't (laughs) say that. But he knocked on the outside door and he was bigger than I am. And he said, um, Mrs. Michael, I had a 50, 50 chance of seeing you. And I, I saw you and I gave him a big hug and he's like, I remember everything about you. And, 
just, Mm. I don't know, just that connection just absolutely filled my heart, you know? So I think you may not see it now, but it's important and it makes a difference. So thank you for the work that you do. That, that message is so important. I think so many educators need to hear that right now. Yeah. So thank you. Well, and that's what the podcast is all about. You have some like such incredible titles in, in topics you cover. So everybody, please go listen to that kind site 101. Thank you. Great. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here and for all of your wisdom. It it truly matters, especially in today's world. Thank you, Charlie. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me on your show. 